When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Pluto. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Schmoda. What's up, Movie Trivia Schmodown fans? Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown, the official episode of the Movie Trivia Schmodown. My name is Brad Gilmore, but you might know me by another name. You might know me as... Oh, my God, you're my dreamboat, for sure. The Boat. Hashtag best of all time. Hashtag Brad Spence 2. Hashtag Boat Life. Hashtag I'm on a boat. And my man, you know who he is. You know who we be living that West Coast life in the LBC. He is... The SNOOP? No, he is West Coast Frey! That's right. Back to do it again this week. And look, I'm I'm a little tired today, Brad. I can see tired. that. I had a downer Red Bull before we got on here. Yeah. So, not my, advisable. Yeah. My you have energy, an early morning flight. <laughs> I do. Uh, my energy at some point might go through the roof unexpectedly. <laughs> so, I'm waiting for this bad boy to kick in. It's going to get there. Uh, have you ever had a bang? Well, energy drink? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so let me let, let me put everyone on game real quick because I know we're here to talk about Shmoda. We're not going to meander too much, but bang energy drinks are like these. They're like a workout pre workout energy drink, and I noticed a lot of the wrestlers are drinking them. So I was like, "Hey, man, can I get one of those for the show?" And they're like, "Yeah." So. I down one, like, boom, chugged it. And <laughs> he sees me right before I walk out. He's like, hey, where's your bang? I was like, oh, I finished it. He's like, you drank the whole thing? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, you're not supposed to drink the whole thing. I said, what do you mean? He goes, no, it's two servings per can. I didn't oh. tell you that? I was like, no. He goes, oh, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then I went out there, and I was at the desk, and my heart was beating so fast, I could see it in my eyes. Oh, wow. 
and I all all I could think about like was just random things, and my heart was racing, my mind was racing, and I just started saying things like, "Give us some Roni, brother." Oh yeah, <laughs> I started saying stuff like that. It. I was freaking out, man. So uh, stay away from the bang. The Red Bull's good. You remember the uh, the Four Loco days, where it's like they've been outlawed. <laughs> I'm I'm aware of Four Loco. Yeah, yeah. Um, there those, was one that some... they had. Oof. So Four Loco had alcohol in it, right? Yeah, yeah. There was one they had that they sold here in Houston. I don't know if it was anywhere else because it was very Houston themed drink. But it was a drink. It came in a purple can. It was called Drink. Drink. Drink or drink. Drink. Okay, like purple. D R A N K. Yeah, and it was an anti-energy drink. So essentially, it was a sparkling grape soda with melatonin in it. <laughs> and so you would take it and you would just pass out. <laughs> okay, you guys. Do, was, you guys do weird things down there. Yeah, but, drink. Uh, the anti-energy drink. Um, but we have a great show for you today, man. Oh, you know, if you thought the versus battle between DMX and Snoop Dogg was awesome, wait till you hear what went down this week. We had semi-final action. Will we see an all-corruption final? That was the goal for one Shannon Barney, the queen of corruption. Was she successful? You saw Chance the Cobra. Ellison, as I said, eating his pizza with scissors versus the Barbarian. Uh, in semifinals action, then you saw the undefeated in IG, Alex Damon, 3-0 and with a knockout under his belt, going up against the killer Mike Kalinowski, formerly known as K.O. Kalinowski. Two really big matchups, Frank. Well, did you foresee the brackets looking like this? I think a lot of us saw Mike coming out of his side, but we thought Parker was probably going to come out of the left side of the bracket. Yeah, I thought that as well, mostly. I, I felt like if... If uh, that top, I mean, actually, I mean, like I had Barbarian in the semis. I had um, Barbarian Parker and I had Hannah Kalinowski. Exactly. That's what I had had as well. Uh, but, you know, the chance one, I thought, I, I think once we got the chance Parker matchup, I thought whoever wins that one Is would, would go all the way. Uh, and that's, you know, what we're here to talk about. So um, a little bit. I mean, there's a couple wrenches thrown in there for sure. I mean, like the Greg Alba one, you know. I mean, not necessarily Greg Alba, Warfather, but I should say um, John Humphrey over Janine. That one was, woo, you know. Humphrey um, over Janine was a shocker. For yeah, sure. yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple little shockers here and there. I mean, Alex Damon over Brandon Hanna. That's another one that, that really that I really was surprised me. by that one as well. Yeah. yeah. So, but for the most part, I think we kind of – got what we were looking for aside from you know chance actually getting to the semifinal over parker because like you said i think uh you you yourself and myself had parker there in the final against kalinowski well we, we were half right <laughs> we were half right and that and that's better than being all wrong but uh I, I i i was looking forward to this match because you know that i have not been the only one hyping him up but barbarian has been high on my list ever since his first match when I saw him drafted, I was like, okay, I don't really know who this guy is. You know, I didn't know anything about him other than he was the name The Barbarian. And he had that little thing with Tom Dagnino, which I thought was funny, and I enjoyed it. But other than that, I didn't know anything about him. And uh, so when we saw him play in that first match, and it was uh, – he played Marisol McKee. Was that his first match? No, no. No. Who did he play? Adam, Adam Lavick. Marisol McKee no, is, I'm in, talking is about in a single tournament. No, I'm talking about in the singles league, his very first match. Oh, he's played um, Clee Wiggins. Clee Wiggins. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's right. It was Clee Wiggins. Still corruption, Marisol right? McKees. But yeah. 
But yeah, Marilyn Summer Key's in, the, in this singles tournament. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, played, yeah, yeah Clee Wiggins in singles. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, thanks for correcting me. But but when I saw him play then, I knew he was going to be a beast. Then Adam Lavick, I was like, oh, man, he's really going to be a beast. And to find himself up against the Cobra Chance Ellison, I thought that this was going to be a really good match. I did, however, feel that Chance's... Remember I always talk about that, that championship-level confidence? Chance has been to the mountaintop before, sure, in teams. But beating somebody who is so highly touted, like a Robert Parker, um, I call him almost liken Robert Parker to a guy named Ben Askren in the UFC. Ben Askren was this guy who fought in Bellator. He fought in one championship FC. He was undefeated. He went like six fights without even being touched on the face. Like no one could even hit him. And then he was traded to the UFC. And he comes in for his first UFC fight. He wins it. He wins it against a, a former champion at Robbie Lawler. Thought they looked great. Then he went up against a guy named Jorge Masvidal. And Masvidal put the two knees to his face and knocked this man out in five seconds. So I'm saying beating someone like that for Jorge Masvidal catapulted him to the next level because all of a sudden he's got all this confidence. Then he goes out there and starches Nate Diaz in three rounds at Madison Square Garden, ends up being one of the highest pay-per-view draws. My point in this is Chance Ellison beating somebody who is highly touted as a Robert Parker definitely gives him the confidence that he can go out there and beat anybody on any given Sunday, as they say. And so Barbarian, I thought for that reason, was going to be put in the underdog position and going to have to be fighting from behind a little bit, which we will get into now. Frank, you have also talked about Chance Ellison's accuracy rating. Yeah, He is top two, is that right? Well, it depends. You're talking about intergeekdom or singles, or where, where are you going? In, uh, in singles. In singles, yeah. I think he, yeah, he's second all time to one Rachel Cushing. Now I got I got I have to preface all of this with that the all time um like the criteria to meet that list is based on a five game minimum. I've been thinking of increasing the minimum. I'm not sure yet, just because Rachel Cushing's at six matches lifetime and that's she retired, right? So I don't know because uh, she's gonna hover around that one or two for like one, two, three for like the rest of time, seemingly. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking of adjusting it just because more players play more matches. So kind of, but nonetheless, as of right now, how it's how it's situated, yeah, Chance is uh, number two all time in singles, and uh, I mean he has just been he has just been a fantastic round one player, which has seemingly transferred over to intergeekdom play. Yeah, he he's not lost a step, and remember now I'm somebody, and here's the thing, guys. I can admit when I'm wrong. Just because I'm the best doesn't mean I'm perfect. Right? Yeah, you're not the poet. I'm not the poet. <laughs> the poet. The boat. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not the boat. I remember sometime last season going off on Chance Ellison and Intergeekdom. Do you remember this? Hmm. I was like, why would you put this man in Intergeekdom? You this actually said not, that? Yeah. I said, what did this I is say? Not a Because I would have been like, are you nuts? You were... Yeah, that's essentially what you said. You <laughs> okay. thought I was an idiot for saying such a thing. Yeah. But I, I thought, I think at the time he was coming off a loss maybe in the first round of the tournament, okay. I believe, or something like that. And then they put him in like an IG triple threat or a five-way. I can't really remember off the top of my head. There's been so many matches since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember being critical of it, thinking this isn't a good this isn't good for him. He, sh- he should be focused only on teams and singles right now. Boy, was I wrong. Um because he is, again, just it's translated over so smoothly in Intergeekdom. So why don't we get into the match, though? Let's get into round number one. 
uh, of this IG semifinals action. And by the way, can I give some love to the production staff one, one time? Uh, Nerd Chronic, everybody over there at Skybound, uh, Christian Mark as well, the writers. Everyone has been killing it with these videos. Even the little graphic now that says, let's get ready to schmo yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Christian says it. Um, all the sound effects, it, the music, it still feels like it's in studio, live in person. It still has that energy. And I really have to give a big salute to everybody who's worked on that because um, I was even watching, we are talking about before we rolled, I've been watching these scrimmages with the NBA and they've done a really good job of making it feel like you're still in a stadium. I don't know if there's pumped in crowd noise or what have you, but it feel, it has that energy. Same thing with the Schmodown matches. So Absolutely. just kudos, kudos to everybody over there, especially Eric and everybody at Skybound who's been busting their butts with scheduling and getting these things together. But let's talk about the match. How did round one play out, Frank? Well, round one worked like this. Chance Ellison and Barbarian, they, you know, it, uh, this uh, Barbarian guy, really good. He got nine points, right? But then Chance, he does what he's been doing the entire tournament long, and that's another perfect first round. Now, this is his third consecutive perfect first round, including the bonus, and that ties an all-time record with Rachel Cushing for the most perfect first rounds in inner geekdom history. However, this is also a record-setting performance by chance because he is the first player ever to have three perfect first rounds in one season. The high was two, and that's shared by a couple people. Uh, if you want to know more of these records, you can go over to theshmodownlive.com, look at the Inner Geekdom Records section, uh, which will be updated. Um, if it's not updated by the time you're listening or watching this, it should be by Monday, the latest. But uh, so Chance, he had three consecutive perfect first rounds in this tournament, and uh, it, it, it's just another masterful performance. Um, man, the dude just looks unflappable in these first rounds. And Barbarian, to his credit, you know, nine points, same pace, but it's that bonus question that 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 gives some separation going to the second round that Chance has been able to take advantage of, and he was going to need it in this match for sure. Absolutely. Um, he, he was going to need that. And it's just, to me, sometimes when you see these kind of matchups, I, I remember, I think we were talking about it, it was... um. I was on backstage this week, and there was some match that they brought up that I thought was a, a dream match. I said, oh, I think Barbarian, Barbarian. and Bips. No, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant Barbarian, Barbarian and Parker, but I think, are you talking about the singles? Yeah, yeah, okay. I was talking about the singles. Barbarian and Bibbs to me, would be a dream match to see. This was another, like, IG dream match. And it just, to me, can we can we settle something, actually, before we go any further? Okay. Barbarian's got it, got it wrapped up for Rookie of the Year, right? I would th- – so really the only thing that can happen here is Ben Goddard goes on a run with the Pride, like the couple matches that he could have. He's going to have one for sure uh, with the Pride, but then we'll be able to get another one. And then it's about how well they do from there because Ben Goddard's not in the singles tournament. Yeah. And presumably Barbarian's year will end with the singles tournament. I don't think he'll be – He'll form a team and get in the team's tournament because that was announced, actually, and it'll only be an eight-team tournament. tournament. And if you're the founding father, or you're the Finstock Exchange, you have your pick of founding fathers who's the boss right there. One of them is going to go if one yeah. of them's not the champion. You know, if founding fathers is going to hold on to the title. So Barbarian's year is probably going to end with singles tournament. Now, if he goes on a deep run there, 
and Goddard doesn't get another team win, then yeah, it's going to be Barbarians. But for Goddard has a... And I think the odds on favor are, are now definitely Barbarian with this run he's had in Intergeekdom. And I presume he'll get at least a couple wins at the very least in singles. So, yeah, he's the odds on favorite, I would say. But Ben does have a, still an outside shot. He just has to make the most of every single match he gets in the teams. And whether he's in the team tournament, I don't know. Probably not. But he has, you know, a, a team match lined up. Uh, so. It's tough, but yeah, it does it's look close, like it's close. But Barbarian's got the lead on him right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, who would you put over who's the boss or founding fathers? If you had the option of both of them, I'd put. Shoot, it's hard. It's hard because I haven't seen Riley play in a minute, and I know. that's what that's what's lending me to say founding fathers. Yeah, but like if if Riley comes out in this first round matchup in this, in the tournament against Vito Drew and just blows blows the doors off the place. And let's say Bateman, you know, has played, you know, destroys Andrew Guy and whoever else, you know, I might lean who's the boss, you know, but because I think they work, they work really well together. I mean, that's tough. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's rough. It's a great problem a to have one. if you're Finstock. Yeah, always a good problem to have if you're Finstock. So again, uh, round number one, points wise, what do we get down to? Yeah, eleven nine in favor of Chance. Yeah, so Chance, again, continuing the streak of, of perfect first rounds, getting the bonus, setting himself up to to have some wiggle room, as they yeah. say. And then we go into round two. What did they spin? Yeah, this is where, it, this is where it, it got really tough for both players. You know, Chance spins away from Middle Earth and lands on Heroes and Villains. Uh, you know, and and then, but, but Barbarian, he spun away from MCU and ended up with scores and soundtracks. So these guys ended up with very tough categories. Now, Chance was up first. He manages to go four of five for seven points. Barbarian steals a point off of him. And this is where you go, well, all right. Uh, looks like he had that one-point advantage from the bonus round that, that came in handy here. Uh, he had seven Chance pulled out with seven points here. Gutsy, gutsy round here. I mean, just questions all over the place. Dread, Back to the Future, Hellboy, The Phantom, Indiana Jones. I mean, it was a smorgasbord of uh, mixed bag, you know, titles. All my favorite movies, except right. for Dread. <laughs> except for Dread. <laughs> and, uh, and then Barbarian, you know, he spins away from MCU, which is very curious to me because it's a probably – a section of inner geekdom that he studied heavily and uh you know he he said something to the effect oh we know how i do an mcu let's try for something else which is like uh okay i like the confidence but he, and then he gets sandaled with scores and soundtracks they led us to believe that that's what they wanted however barbarian he goes uh three of five for six or for seven points i mean chance gets a steal off of him off the first question um, which is very interesting because I wonder how this played into Barbarian's mentality because if Chance right off the bat steals a question off of you and scores on soundtracks, I wonder how that me- mentally, if you're Barbarian, you go, well, i got to be careful about taking chances here and going multiple choice because it looks like Chance could steal on me and uh, I don't want anything more worse to happen than what's already happened so this was a very gutsy round by both players i mean they essentially trade um steel points here so they go they earn seven both of them so chances lead of two points remains and he's up 18 to 16 heading into that final round but tough tough round brad are there, are there any two more broad categories in intergeekdom yeah. than heroes and villains and scores and soundtracks i think that those are 
I mean, we'll see later in another match with Mike Kalinowski. He spins away from heroes and villains just because of the broadness of the category. You never know. It seems to be somewhat of a weakness, too, for IG players. Yeah, this is... um... When you look at you know players like Parker or really any other player, Chandru even you know uh, these mixed bag you know titles uh, that are in this in this category, um, they're not super mainstream, if you will. I mean, yeah, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, sure, but then you get you know you know your titles like Dread and and the Phantom. the Phantom. While you may love those movies, they're not you know admittedly mainstream, so right. they can be kind of put off to the side a little bit. Uh, but if you want to be a top tier player, you got to know these. And I think Chance definitely has seen these movies, no doubt. Um, I think when you look at his Dread question and Back to the Future, I mean, they went pretty minute in a sense with those questions. Uh, then he got some larger, kind of broad, more broad type of questions. But his, I thought, were a little more specific than Barbarians, if only because that category is really asking you scores and or soundtracks. So. Uh, which can be difficult, uh, obviously, when you're talking about soundtracks and titles of songs and whatnot, uh, composers and what have you. So each definitely provides their own challenges and hurdles, which I thought they both navigated really well. Um, it, it's uh, it was when you get these types of categories at this late stage in the game, it, it can be a death knell. But they both kind of went tit for tat getting both of these categories opposite each other. So it kind of worked out in favor of both of them up to this point, if you will. But, man, this was this was definitely testing both of these players to their limits with these types of categories. I just had uh, – what is that called? Not a premonition. What is a what is it when you Deja have like a eureka moment? No, like a eureka moment. A eureka? A realization? <laughs> realization? Yeah. Realization? Is that what I'm thinking? Uh, maybe. An maybe. aha moment? I don't know. An aha. Um was it Archimedes who said Eureka? It doesn't matter. Um, I wonder if I like Back to the Future and The Phantom because they both share one man named Billy Zane. Maybe. Maybe I just love Billy Zane. Maybe. Although, not a big fan of Titanic, but I love Zoolander. And I will say, though, uh, I was surprised that Chance got that question wrong, if only because The Phantom has popped up as an answer quite often. And mm-hmm. I was like, if you're going to take a shot at it, just say Phantom. Because I did. <laughs> do you want? Do you want? Yeah, Kit Walker, the ghost who walks, man. Everyone knows that. I mean, I haven't seen um, it. Sorry. Okay, well, here, here's here's a phantom question for you, real quick. What did I just say? It doesn't matter. You're gonna <laughs> see if you can get it. Okay. Okay. In the Phantom, the the title character is out to acquire the three skulls of Tuganda. One is made of silver. One is made of gold. What is the third skull made from? Uh. Silver, gold, and... Five. Four. Platinum. Three. I don't know. Platinum? <laughs> Platinum? What? I West, don't know. That's, West, Bone. That's, a, that's a West Coast Frank answer. <laughs> You're like, Platinum, baby. Bone. Made out of bone. It's made, I don't of, know. It's made of jade. Jade. Like, come on. What? That's... that's you, I can't you even tell again. you the last jade. time I've even, I've even said the word jade. Like... <laughs> Does it matter? Um, okay. We'll move on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Get to the, get to this third round though. Third round, chance still up by two. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the thing. This isn't like in singles matches or even teams matches where you see up by two. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they still got, they're still in it. There's, there's no definite winner when you're up by two and IG, that does not seem to be the case. It seems to be, if you have any sort of lead going into that third round, betting odds would be on you. 
Would you agree with that? I think for the most part, yeah. And especially when you're playing at this level, a semifinal match, you would think, look, Chance's fate is in his own hands. He's just got to answer everything right, which is, you know, easier said than done for sure. But for a player who's trailing like Barbarian, he also has to hit everything correct to even have a shot at winning this. Uh, because players like Chance at this stage, and he's proven up to this point, he's probably not going to miss a two or a three. Um, we don't know about a five-pointer because he has not had to answer a five-pointer at all in this tournament, and that remained to be the case here. He didn't have to go as five-pointer. I will say that Barbarian in his, his five-pointer, the 300 Rise of an Empire, man, what was a sequel, prequel, and a, a mid-quill, whatever you want to call it? Uh, yeah. Oh, that was like... That is, what? first of all, that is a great but brutal question. It's a great Phenomenal question. Um and that is definitely a five pointer if I've ever heard it. And you know, Barbarian couldn't pull it out. Could not. What did you think chance. the answer was? I I said what Barbarian said. Days of Future Past. So that's the only thing I could think of. I wasn't even thinking of a, a true kind of mixed bag title like Three Hundred would be. And because uh, it could, I mean, even though it is mixed bag, it still could have been anything else, right? But that's not where my mind went. I was like, I guess Days of I don't know. So uh, I thought uh, Sin City Two: A Dame to Kill For, and I've never even seen that movie. But it just <laughs> that's just what I thought. Yeah, I, I mean, like. I I also have not seen that one, so I could I did not know if it was a prequel or a sequel. Days of Future Past. I didn't even know if that was the right year pertaining to the question, to tell you the truth. So that was the only thing I could think of, and that's a tough but fair question. It's a great question. Days of Future Past, by the way, best X Men movie. I don't know, I, and it's it's. I like First Class a lot, personally. So, they're both great. Yeah, yeah. But Days of Future Past is better. I appreciate you for agreeing with me. Yeah, um, yeah man. But it, it was it was a real tough one. That was a great five point answer. Barbarian couldn't pull it. Chance Ellison pulls out the victory. Five punches his ticket all the way to the finals. Incredible action for Chance Ellison. Now, let me ask you this: Does Barbarian stock go down at all for taking an L here? No, no, I, I, I don't think so. It's not like Barbarian um, crapped the bed here. He had nine points in the first round. He had a tough second round. And, you know, last week we talked about the multiple choice stuff. And, look, he only went to multiple choice twice here. And, you know, he came up 0 for 2 on those opportunities. It was only burned on a steal one time. So, and I'm not going to fault him for going to multiple choice in this scenario or with this category, rather, because it's it's it can be a tough one. And so I have a little more sympathy for that. Um, it'd be a different story if he was going multiple choice in, like, DC or, you know, MCU even. So, and then, you know, his 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 final round here, five-pointers in Inner Geekdom are going to be like the ones he's seen. And as a first-year Inner Geekdom player, uh, you know, I think he met... At the very least, I think he met expectations. I won't. I won't say he surpassed them. I think surpassing them would have probably won the tournament, to tell you the truth, or even the title overall, rather. So I think Barbarian played really well for his first time in inner geekdom play. It's not an easy division to get into. I particularly thought his path in in the tournament was probably the the easier of uh, of like Chance Kalinowski and Alex Damon. So. 
that's what I mean by meeting expectations. He should have gotten to this point, I think, just based on reputation, everything we've been hearing from the FinSock Exchange. I'm like, all right, great, you're saying all this stuff. He had, he better at least get to this point. So he did that, and the dude's a true gamer. I think he's going to only come back next year stronger and better. Uh, he's going to look at his performance and where he missed and his weaknesses, and I think he's going to, going to attack them head-on and make those strengths next year, not weaknesses. Yeah, I agree. His stock doesn't go down at all. Not yeah. not even a smidgen. Um, his stock would have gone up if he won, sure, but his stock doesn't go down for this loss. I think that he's been a phenomenal player. He's a great addition to the league. He is going to be when uh ever when this season's over and people can try to sign people. He's going to be the most sought after. Yeah. I I cuz you can build your entire faction around this guy. He is a he is a cornerstone. He is he is the Kevin Durant of the movie trivia Schmoda. There's, there's an interesting conversation. A unicorn to be had um, about cornerstone type of faction type players like that. Now, I, I think is this 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 could be this is a, probably a topic for another time. But is Barbarian the is he a leader or is he? And a significant role player that you just need. Is he like a Scottie Pippen? Is he a Michael Jordan or is he a Scottie Pippen? You know what I'm saying? Well, I think that I think that that's kind of looking at personality types more than it is like their play on the court. And I think that I think that why I, I would liken him to a KD mm-hmm. uh, is Kevin Durant's going to be the most talented person sure. on your roster, isn't if even if he isn't the quote-unquote leader. When he was playing mm-hmm. with the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry obviously was the guy. He was the number one. He was the leader. Who was the best player on the team? That was Kevin Durant. Uh, why did they win those championships the way that they did? That was because of Kevin Durant. Because let's not forget, Warriors fans, y'all only won real. You only won one real championship. <laughs> only one real one. You beat a broken down. You really didn't even win that one. You beat a broken down Cavs team. Hey, look. in twenty fifteen, you lost 3-1 2016 when you broke the all time regular season record, and then you went back to back with Kevin Durant. Yeah. And I, I say shocked. that about your Houston Rockets. They really didn't win the NBA title because no, Jordan did. wasn't in the league. Oh no, they Jordan didn't. was in the league. He was in the league. <laughs> oh no, he was in the league. No, he wasn't. And uh, we had Kenny the Jet Smith on oh, uh, right. yeah. the Hall of Fame, yeah. and he breaks it down why they would have beat him anyway. They're just too okay. big for him. Just way too big for him. Whatever. Okay. No Rod. You didn't have Rodman. Right? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm not even I'm just, saying. I'm just saying. Anyways, Horace Grant went to the Magic. Cool. It's an issue for y'all. It'd been cool. a then, big issue. Yeah. Great. We had. A, Great. Have you ever heard this guy named Akeem Olajuwon? Are you familiar? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I actually put him as the second best number five ever. You know, center ever. Yeah, I think yeah. he's the second best. Uh, I put Shaq. Yeah, yeah I Shaq. put Shaq number one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this isn't the basketball <laughs> trivia showdown. So uh, let's, let's move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Barbarian you know what I'm saying, though? Because like, cornerstone. No, I get you. He's I get definitely, you. Like, he's definitely right there. But I think you do need – because Barbarian is a little more of a reserve type, and sometimes you need another guy, whether it's the manager or another player, to be that rah-rah type. Because Barbarian's going to support you through and through. He will be there for whatever you need. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. But can he rally the troops when things get down? I'm not saying Barbarian can't do that, but it might not work for certain people. But I would take Barbarian on my team every day of the week. Don't get me wrong. But I just think certain strengths are Barbarians and certain strengths from other players. And you combine that with Barbarian, 
and then you you're going to have an incredible nucleus to work with. You used a lot of great words right there, Frank Janish, and I really Come want to on. applaud you. Nucleus? Wow, I haven't heard that. It was on chemistry. my uh, toilet paper this morning, so I had to use it. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. Do you have words? You have words on your toilet, toilet, toilet paper? paper? Yeah. Don't you? Wasn't everybody? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. nope! Can't say that I. Actually, do. it's really the only type of toilet paper that's left on Amazon. You, everything's else is sold out. Oh, that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I hear what you're saying about the reservedness of the barbarian. But again, that's why he is the KD. Sure, it's a great comparison. Barbarian, buy you a number thirty-five jersey. Wear it from now on, and pet Elvis while you rock it. And I don't care if it's a Sonics Thunder. Or or a uh, uh, Golden State jersey. Okay. I think he's number seven now, uh, so I'm not sure why he changed that. But I believe uh, he's number seven now in Brooklyn. It doesn't matter. Again, doesn't. this isn't the basketball <laughs> trivia show. Uh, let's let's move on. I'm so sorry for everybody listening who's completely. Well, well yeah, let's lost. talk about chance because yeah. Let me let me give you some numbers here. That give he me the did. numbers. That's <laughs> why you're on this show. That he'd put up in this tournament, you know, three matches, right? Three and zero in the tournament. Take down, takes down Paul Yama, Robert Parker, and now the Barbarian. Christian said it during the broadcast. You know, very, you know, astute players, uh, players with name recognition to them that have done things that are impressive. Uh, Chance in three matches has missed. You know how many questions he's missed, Ch- Brad? Three. He's missed three, three questions. Wow. He's fifty-four of fifty-seven. Like I said earlier, he has three consecutive perfect first rounds with the bonus. Um, so his accuracy rate is at 95%. He is on a run like no other. Um, I liken it to, actually, Kalinowski's 2018 run where he was just on fire. Now, I think the the talent level was a little bit less than what, you know, uh, in that tournament than what Chances had to face. Nonetheless... Impressive performance that is that is likened to Kalinowski's 2018 tournament run. Um, very impressive. Uh, this is a guy who showed up in you know um, a four way match last year, and he's like he he has said he was kind of thrown into it, and it really went down to between him and and, and Brandon Hanna. Uh, he comes into this year studying prepared. And look what he does. I mean, he takes, like I said, Oyama, Robert Parker, and Barbarian. You put those three names up as the ones that you've knocked down, and you've only, and you're missing only three questions in three matches. It is, it's an incredible run. And his his mentor Kalinowski, I, you know, has he surpassed him? Well, there's only really one way to find that out, and uh, I can't wait till we talk about that match. But Brad. I mean, when you're watching Chance through this tournament, are you able to, uh, what's the word, recognize exactly like the, what he's been accomplishing in terms of, I guess, not necessarily on a numbers-wise basis, but as you're wa- as you watch him play, you go, wow, that that's someone that is on a run that I haven't seen before. Uh, I don't I don't know if I've had that exact thought, but I have recognized the greatness. Uh, Booker T always likes to say when he sees somebody like Chance Ellison, he goes like they say in the Bruce Lee movie, that guy is extraordinary, <laughs> and uh, and that's that's what Chance Ellison is, man. He's not just extraordinary; he is extraordinary. I know that's what that means, but I just like saying it like that. Uh, and 
he has completely dominated in everything that he's done. And I, I didn't, I, again, I did not see this coming out of him. I, I, I wasn't doubting his skill or ability. I just didn't see him being this dominant. But he is locked in like Iron Mike in the late 80s, and he is just knocking fools out. Don't step in my path. But his final uh, battle is going to be one for the ages, and I'm really excited to see how that's going to play out. But I have recognized the greatness of Chance Ellison, especially after the Robert Parker win, which I got completely clowned for saying that was an upset. <laughs> you did, man. man I got, it, like, the comments section just lit up. Whew. I know. I'm like, I think that's an upset. Someone I, tried I to lump me in with you, and I was like, I'm having none of No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> not why. I can't be a part of it. No, no, no. You got it all wrong, guys. That was just red. Sorry to leave you out there on an island, but that's you, fine. You said it, man. You said it. As my grandmother would say when I get into my in, in situations like this. Oh, Brad, what have you done now? I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just sometimes I say things that I guess without thinking. I still think it was an upset. Doesn't matter what you people say. I think it but, was, uh, but not the biggest. Maybe not the upset of the year. Yeah. Maybe not, but maybe. Excuse me, but um, I, I definitely did recognize his greatness, which is why I think this finals is going to be so interesting. But let's get to the right side of the bracket. Let's get to the semis over there. Alex Damon. When we saw Alex Damon make his debut in the Intergeekdom division back on February the 29th, 2020, before the world went crazy in Atlanta, Georgia, in his hometown with his parents sitting in the front row, Alex Damon went out there. He beat Emily Rose Jacobson. Now, I will say, we're used to Alex Damon being unstoppable, immovable, indomitable, right? In Star Wars. Then to see him in the inner geekdom, I said on this very show, he was good. I want to see if he can become great. Yeah. I said there's a lot of stuff that he can work with. Roxy picked a winner for this IG. I think that I think that he's going to be good. I don't know how good, though. Is he going to be his same level that he was in Star Wars? Alex Damon in the first round. Jen Kemp. Cool. All right. I like that. That was a great win. I thought it was a bit of an upset when he beat Brandon Hanna. Sure. Um, I thought Brandon Hanna was locked in, and he got that Marvel MCU question he just couldn't pull. But that was a great win for Alex Damon. Now he's 3-0. and He's won every Intergeek the match he's ever competed on, starting to feel like the Star Wars division for him. And then he runs into Mike Kalinowski. Mike Kalinowski, as we know, and this isn't any disrespect to Kevin Smets, has largely been in this league Mr. IG, right? Um, last year, completely dominant, uh, even going back to Spectacular 3 when he beat Mark Hanopic, um, and then went, went back and got the championship back uh, for the second time against Rachel Cushing. This guy looked to be Mr. Inner Geekdom. Now he goes out there in his in his final matches champion against Kevin Smets. Was not able to successfully. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just was <laughs> Frank wanted it. Kevin. No, I was Frank like, wanted was it, it there or did I miss it? But he wanted it. He asked oh, for it. He think, cued me. All right, all right. You verbally cued me for that. I, no. Okay. Whatever. I mean, you you non-verbally cute. Yeah. Excuse me. But I, I thought that going into that match, he was very psyched up. I actually remember being there backstage with uh, Shannon and Mike before his match. And Mike was like pacing back and forth, headphones in. 
I don't think he talked to anybody that entire day. Um, and then he went out there and he didn't perform at, at the at the level that we know that he can. Right? He he, he found a, a little snag early on and he just was never able to recover from it. So Mike getting back into this tournament was in large part to prove, one, I can do this, and two, let me get some numbers on the board for my team because we know where corruption was sitting in the standings. This is the same reason because he turned down a championship or a number one contender shot against Chandru uh, to do this tournament, and it was the same reason he turned down a number one contender shot against Andrew Guy or a chance to get one. Uh, to go into the singles tournament to put numbers on the board. That's what Shannon Barney said on backstage this week when we were on there together, putting numbers on the board. And he had something to prove. I think that this match for Mike Kalinowski was a pivotal point in his career. If Mike Kalinowski went out there and lost to Alex Damon, even though Alex Damon's 3-0, even though he's one of the most dominant champions we've ever seen in the movie trivia Schmodown, this would not be a good move for Mike Kalinowski. And I will say this, Frank, when we were watching this match, all, this, all the behavioral traits that I saw when he was battling Kevin Smets. Okay, he didn't do it. When, I was battling Kevin's, when he was battling Kevin Smets at the Spectacular in Los Angeles last December, all the same personality traits I did not see. And when I saw Mike Kalinowski this time around, he was very relaxed. Mm -hmm. The beard is looking nice, man. It's coming in very, very good. He is a pretty man. He's trying to hide that punchable face. <laughs> He's a very pretty Can man. Can I say something real quick about his beard? It kind of makes him look a little Amish to me. I don't know if you've noticed this, but continue. Makes him look Amish? A little Amish, yeah. Was it like the chin strap beard thing going on? I don't, I don't well, know. He's got this, or though. Pennsylvania Dutch? I don't know. He's got this, though. Yeah. He's got the stash. Maybe, yeah. But anyway, sorry. He's got the stash. He's looking like he's ready to croon, you know what I mean, and sing some songs. Give us some Rony, brother. Oh, yeah. And if you find Remix. Rony, that is right for you. I mean, that's what Mike's looking like. He's, <laughs> he, I mean, he's, he's got a tender Rony, but I'm saying he looks like he could be singing right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, looks like a, he looks like Robin Thicke. That's who he looks like. <laughs> But there were no blurred lines from Mike Kalinowski this time out. He definitely looked calm, cool, collected, and focused. And Alex Damon, I don't think there's anything in the world that bothers him. He's always the same level all the time. So I like the matchup. But I thought, in my heart of hearts, there was no way Mike Kalinowski was going to come this far. And right. it'd be one match away from an all-corruption final and lose. He wasn't going to give this one up. Definitely not. I mean, the way that, and you know, I I also want to give credit to the fact that he's training with Chance. I think being able to train with Chance has probably been immensely beneficial in a way that I don't think maybe he thought it could be. Sure, I think in the like in years past, uh, Chance has helped him train, but because they're both in it and they're feeding off each other's successes in the tournament, I think it just makes for a more fun time for for really both of them but it's been incredibly beneficial i think for mike to just refine the love and the fun of inner geekdom that he once had uh because that that match or the loss rather to kevin smets at spectacular last year is is a is a brutal loss you don't it's one thing to lose your title 
the way he did against Rachel Cushing, right? It's a throwdown. Just one of those right there. It's another thing to lose in the fashion that he did against Smets. Uh, those ones, I, I don't know, are much harder to swallow in inner geekdom. Just because you're a two-time champ and and this is your thing and you should never give a performance like that with his kind of reputation. Um, so was he going to find that love again? And I think this tournament and chance and the success they've both shared and in, in getting to the final now, I think has done wonders for his mentality, his attitude towards inner geekdom, uh, his motivation, um, you know. So Kalinowski getting to this point, going up against a guy in Alex Damon who's a Star Wars champion, who has championship medal to him. But this is Kalinowski's holding down the fort. He's the last of... Uh, a generation of inner geekdom players, if you will, to still be kicking it, you know, kicking the can down the road, if you will. Uh, and so there's a certain type of, uh, I think, uh, status that comes with that and, and a type of ownership of the league, if you will, uh, of the division that he has. And while Alex Damon is new to the division, but is not new to the Schmodown, certainly, um, you know, you want to reach the mountaintops? You got to go through me. I'm the guy you got to go through. Smets had to do it. You're going to have to do it. And maybe somebody else, or maybe Chance will have to do it, you know? Or, or maybe we'll see if he can do it. So uh, I think Kalinowski's attitude this year is one that's obviously been very beneficial, I think, in terms of just, again, finding the love and the passion and having fun again. Yeah. Really, that's the main thing. He's just having a ball out there. Oh, you can tell he's he's enjoying and savoring uh, these matches, and I think that you're right. Being able to train with Chance and have somebody who who is at your intellectual level in the mm-hmm. subject matter, right? In inner geekdom, a guy who has proven himself as a, as a worthy contender for anybody. Uh, th- this has been great for both of them. So let's let's get to round one. T- to walk me through it. Points totals. How did it go down? So Kalinowski, look, he goes perfect as well, like Chance did. Shocker. He goes. Uh, perfect, and he also gets the bonus. Alex Damon, look, continues to play really well in these first rounds. He gets nine points, wasn't able to um, you know, go perfect, but he stays within two, and he's down 9-11 going into that second round, and anything can happen. I didn't know if we were going to get a second round like we did with Chance and Barbarian, but that's why you play the game. Uh, Brad, they had a dark man question in here and an Incredibles question I know. in here. What was what was going through your mind with with some of those? I was like, wow, I forgot that, that we can go in that direction. I actually remember. I think Collider Video did like a top fifty superhero movies or something like right. that a couple of years ago, and that was actually the first time I had ever heard of Dark Man. I'd never heard uh, of it prior to that, so I didn't that it didn't really register that that would be an inner geekdom movie. But what really didn't register to me was um, the Incredibles, and I know that that should count. Yeah, but I never thought about it being an inner geekdom. I was like, well, that's an animated movie. It's Disney, but it's a superhero film, uh, just like Spider Verse, just like Mask of the Phantasm. I, I think that we've seen a question maybe in there about Mask of Phantasm before. These are animated movies that had theatrical releases and are superhero films. But I was a little shocked by it. Um. So when those came up, I was just surprised that people had the right answer, uh, especially <laughs> yeah. with the incredible. The Incredibles one was it was who voiced the villain, right? Right. Syndrome. 
Yeah, it was um, I, what's his name? Uh, I don't remember Lee, something Lee. I can't. Uh, that's why I don't play Lee, Lee Daniels. No, that's not right. No, no, his last name is uh, Lee. I can't think of his first name right now. Uh, that's why we don't play. Wow. Yeah, exactly. That's why. I thought it was Brad Bird, but I think that's actually who directed the movie. Yeah, I think so. I don't. Again, I don't it play. Matter. <laughs> yeah, we don't, I'm not studying for uh, this. Steven Spielberg directed. Yeah, I don't know. Let them he come directed at me everything. Yeah, you know, Steven directed it, everything. You know. Um, but yeah, I was I was surprised, and you know, it, it was like when I was pleasantly surprised though by the Green Hornet que- question. Sure. Back in the Brandon Hanna match, those are those are things that I wasn't thinking were going to be on the board, but they always make me smile when they come up. I like I like the freshness. It seems in some of the categories and questions and films that questions are being pulled from. Now, great first round from both of them, but in the second Absolutely. round, uh, this is where things, well, get really, really interesting. What is what does Mark call it? The the wheel of fate, doom, or destiny? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of a more apt description for round two. Absolutely, and second rounds and inner geekdom. If you have a particular strength, it can really propel you into great situations, just like it did for Alex Damon against Brandon Hannum. It was able. Mm-hmm. It was in that match that Alex Damon was able to keep pace with Brandon Hanna and force a five point situation, an either or situation, uh, with Star Trek. Right. So, and that's the thing with players like uh, Alex Damon, who are good and then have specific strengths. You could say Star Trek, Middle Earth, and Star Wars, absolutely, right? We can pretty much feel confident. Those are the three. If you're an Alex Damon, if you're his opponent, you're hoping he doesn't get any of that. Yeah. Now, with Mike Kalinowski, it's a different story because certainly DC, DCEU, MCU, like that stuff, he's got that on lock. However, he is a two-time champ. Most things that come across his way, he's going to nail four out of the five for seven, eight, nine, ten full points, right? So with – it was interesting too because Kalinowski's first spin was Heroes and Villains, which is what Chance ended up on. It was in their notes to spin away. But also before I even get into when he lands on MCU, which is just like a perfect scenario, much like Alex Damon last match for him, uh, this – the strategy of going first in inner geekdom. We talked about weeks ago how Sam Levine, his strategy is to defer, see what your opponent does, then you know what you can do. And he, and he passed that strategy on to Janine and on to Jen Kemp. They ended up both losing the, those matches, even though they were ahead going into the second round. Chance and Kalinowski of Corruption, they choose to go first every time, and they put more pressure on their opponent that way, uh, in my estimation, and it and it's really and this really pertains strictly to inner geekdom because the field of movies we know it at the scope. They know that whatever they land on, mostly they're going to do really well, and it's still going to put pressure, especially on first year type of players like Alex Damon, like the Barbarian. Right? Um, they can feel certain types of pressure when you build that lead, even though mentally you're like, well, I still get to go. It's not. It's not actually. A ten-point lead. It's you know I still got to go. We'll see what it is. However, your mind works in different ways, especially yeah. in a high-pressure situation like a semifinal match. So, I like Mike and Ch- I like the whole strategy of going first in energy victim. But he lands on MCU, and you just go, well, look, 
I think we know what's about to happen here. You don't become a two-time champion without knowing a little thing about the MCU. What does Kalinowski do? He goes 5 for 5 for the full 10 points, and Alex Damon is once again in the same situation he was against Brandon Hanna, but will the luck be on his side? Yeah, you know, it's, sometimes it's crazy when you see someone go first, especially after they had a perfect round, and then they go perfect again, and you just see the point total. The discrepancy yeah. between the two, even though the other person hasn't gone yet, you're like, whoa, 20, 21-9? Oh, yeah. man, that's kind of <laughs> right, right. some numbers on the board there. But I felt confident that Alex was going to be able to battle back. I said all, all Alex has to do is get a category like Star Trek, Middle Earth, Star Wars, anything like that that he that is old faithful to him that he can rely on, and he, he'll do fine. Then he goes. And tell us what happened. Frank. Yeah. He spins away from DCEU, like, immediately. As soon as it was finished, he was like, let's go again. So what does that tell yeah. you? He does not, not like DC. DCEU. EU. And he lands on DC. And, well, you're like, well, if you don't like the DCEU, what are the odds you like DC? Probably not great. So, and we've seen him struggle with DC, DCEU type of questions throughout this tournament. And it seems to be a sore spot. Now, he's a smart guy. Uh, I like to think he he's probably seen most, if not all, of these movies. But it's how well do you know them? Not to mention, he's very he's transitioning into this division this year from Star Wars to Inner Geekdom. So he's not going to have everything on lock. Even if you've gotten to this position in the semifinal match, right? Go back to the circumstances with Brandon Hanna. You could debate whether or not you know that was luck or how much luck, rather how much luck played into that. With Alex Damon getting DC here, you go, well, that's a tried and true strength of Mike Kalinowski. So now you've got to be very cognizant of steal opportunities. You're already, even if you go perfect in this round for Alex Damon, you're still down by two. If you go to multiple choice on one and you get it all and everything else correct, now you're down by three and you're answering your two and three no matter what in the final round. So he has immense pressure here and... To start it off, it does not go well. Uh, Kalinowski steals on that first question. Alex Damon rebounds for two points there, which is huge, but then he has to go multiple choice again. Can't hit it. Kalinowski could not hit it, so okay. But then he goes multiple choice after that, gets one point. Then he goes multiple choice again for his final question, and that's where Mike tacks on another two points. And eventually, um, that's what was the nail in the coffin, even though it seemed kind of like a Hail Mary kind of guess on Kalinowski's part. But I'm going to ask you this, because this is an interesting type of uh, scenario Alex Damon found himself in. If Kalinowski doesn't steal, they go into the final round, and right. Kalinowski probably still wins. Probably. Right? Well, yeah, most likely. Most likely. Odds are. Based on the point right. uh, totals. Yeah, he'll, still, he'll be down by 10. He has, he has to go yeah. perfect, and then Kalinowski will only have to hit the two which is pretty much a layup for a guy like Kalinowski, right? Right. He's going to hit at least his two, three, or five. Right. He's going to hit one. He's gonna, right. With Alex Damon opting to go multiple choice here, and, and, and you whittle down, and you get it wrong, now Kalinowski's options are, he's got a one in three shot of getting the right answer and knocking you out now, as opposed to not going to multiple choice. and Him... Potentially getting it and, wrong. And not giving him options, right. But, again, like I just said, odds are you were probably going to lose in the final round because you would have to go perfect. Strategy-wise, 
for a for a question like this. And and look, I think <laughs> honestly, Mike should look at how he reacted to that question because if I'm Alex Damon, I don't know if he was paying attention to that or not. But and, and this is kind of like the difference between online versions and a studio version of the show is that I think if you're in a studio, you can definitely you'll definitely know if Mike knows it or not knows it if he's thinking about it. Or he, on an online scenario, I don't know if Alex Damon can see what what Kalinowski's doing if that's where he's concentrating on. Because if I'm Alex Damon and I see Mike react that way, I go, well, he doesn't look like he knows it. Right. Why would I dwindle you know, or, or whittle down his options for correct answers from four down to three if, if I were to miss it? And if was I'm Mike... The con- was his final one the Constantine question? Is that what you said? No, no, no. It was the, uh, the, um, the Watchmen uh, oh yeah, yeah. What year? What year? What yeah. year? So yeah. yeah. But if I'm Mike, I think he should look at this and and stop reacting to questions that he doesn't know. Because he did this. He did this. He went. Yeah. Exactly. For those audio listeners. He leaned back in his chair <laughs> with his hands on the back yeah. of his head and made an an exhaling face. Yeah. Because now you've tipped your hand that. First of all, either A, you think it's a hard question, B, you might not even know the answer. So now, and if I'm Alex Damon, and I saw that, I go, it doesn't look like he might know it. Right. What are the Let odds he throws out a year and and gets right. it right as opposed to a one in three shot if I got it wrong? Right. So on a strategic level, I probably would have advised against going multiple choice, but I mean – the. Even if Alex Damon got it right on multiple choice, he's down by nine. Like, he still has to answer all three of his final round questions. So he's, you're still in the same boat. But at least you give yourself more of a chance, even if those odds are just as slim. So I thought it was an interesting point or an interesting uh, maneuver on Alex Damon's part. Yeah, no, uh, I didn't. I didn't think of that in the moment. But now that you bring it up, it is an interesting observation. And uh, perhaps some game studying from Mike and Alex going forward. This is one of those teachable moments, as they say sometimes. And uh, that might be something that more players are going to look out for. Because I wouldn't have thought of that either. I wouldn't have thought... Because what we've heard for so many years now is in the Schmodown, if you don't know it, go to multiple choice so that you lessen the blow if your opponent gets the steal. But in this case, it, that actually that strategy and philosophy works against you, um, and you should just swing for the fences. So that is an interesting uh, point that you bring up there, Frank. But Mike, like you said, most likely, right. regardless, was going to go out there and get at least one of his questions correctly, and uh, he would have won the match anyway, but it wouldn't have been ended in the second round with a knockout yeah. uh, of Alex Damon. Alex Damon now 3-1, and one, uh, and he's been knocked out. In the second round, something that he is not used to, right. and has never experienced, yeah, yeah. is a second round knockout. So um, Mike Kalinowski moves on. Alex Damon, I still think, could be a very quality intergeekdom player. I mean, hell, he made it all the way to the semifinals, yeah. the final four, out of some real vicious competitors in the intergeekdom. So he has nothing to hang his hat on at all. Uh, he uh, or hang his head about rather at all because he he showed up and he showed out. And you lost to a two-time champion. That's 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 not that's not the worst thing ever. <laughs> right, right. You lost to a two-time champion in Intergeekdom. So Alex Damon's going to be just fine. But now, Frank, this is what we talk about. On one side, the Cobra. 
the Cobra, chants Allison. On the other side, Mike, the Killer Kalinowski. Right? Who you got? Based on the numbers, chance. Based on the experience, based on the experience, Kalinowski. However, we don't have the speed round of uh, of your. <laughs> we uh, have yeah. the new type of speed round, the and, better version, in my opinion. Sure, and I think that version uh, equalizes them in that in that mm-hmm. specific round. Uh, I got I got chance slightly. Chance slightly because I think this is going to be the year of incredible runs. Ace did it. Chance, why don't you do the same? Finish it off. Finish it off. You got in this far. Finish it off. And to be honest, I didn't really care for Mike's laissez-faire type of attitude going into the final against Chance. Yeah. Christian even called him out on it. It was like, come on. You really... Come on. This is for another shot at Smets or Chandru. But Smets, I mean, like, let's say he has the belt, keeps the belt. You're you're going to let that opportunity lapse? You know? So, and I don't... So, that's kind of going into my thinking, thinking as well. Um, I mean, yes, it's a win-win scenario for corruption. But... And I know Mike's whole thing was, I got to do it for the team, do it for the team. Well, you did it for the team, and now you're at the mountaintop of this tournament. Now's the time to be selfish. Now you can be selfish because either way, it's a win-win for corruption. You've taken care of that aspect of it. Be yeah. selfish and, and go after Chance and, and, and be that veteran type of player the way Chance has been a veteran type of player, knocking out Parker, you know, so... Uh, that that also feeds into my willingness to slightly take chance. You know, neither one of these guys have been lucky by any stretch of the imagination through this tournament. They've they've earned it. Yeah, because they've been prepared. Preparation is the only luck you're ever going to have. And both these men are going to walk into this battle prepared. Now it's going to be a friendly. Right? There's no bad blood between the two of them, but guess what? They both want the W. Fast-talking Chance Ellison, pretty boy Mike Kalinowski, they both want that win. And I've been sitting here thinking since I found out who's in the finals, who does this benefit more? And the only thing that I can say is I think that knowledge level, they're one and one. In Geekdom. Now, if this were singles, sure, we'd say Chance might be the more knowledgeable. Mike Kalinowski, number two, but not by much. Right. In this one, Mike Kalinowski is a two-time champion. Chance has been on a great run. So, knowledge-wise, I'm going to put them about even. That's why they've met in the final. So, what can I put this prediction on? What, what, what metric can I use? The only one that I can use is experience. Yeah. That's the only one I can use. I've got to use experience. That's why I'm going Mike Kalinowski. He's got the experience. And to me, that is the only thing 
that separates them. Sure, statistically speaking, Chance may have been more proficient in this intergeekdom match, uh, in this intergeekdom run, having only missed three questions, which is insane. But no matter how much they've teamed together, no matter how much they've studied together, there's still an aura around Mike Kalinowski. This is the guy who almost came back from an eight-point, or did come yeah. back from an eight-point deficit against Rachel Cushing. He is the guy who took the championship off of an undefeated Mark Kanopic and went out there and bested Rachel Cushing for that championship to get it back in his grasps. He knows what it takes. He knows what it's like to fight it out in five rounds. That's why I'm going with Mike Kalinowski. If Chance wins, I'm not going to be shocked. Right. If Mike wins, I'm not going to be shocked. <laughs> but the only yeah. thing I can go off of is the championship experience of the five rounds. So Mike Kalinowski is going to win the Inner Geekdom Tournament. And, and the funny thing about experience between both of them is that they actually both have plenty of it. Yes. You know, I mean, sure, I think you would give, obviously, the inner geekdom edge of experience to Kalinowski. Right, to Mike. But Chance has played the Shire Wolves. He's played the Founding Fathers and beaten them with yeah. Mike, sure. But he's been in those environments. He's played Bibiani one-on-one, took him to the brink. He's played Ethan Irwin one-on-one, took him to the brink. He bested Parker, the golden boy of, you know, inner geekdom this year, took him out. Chance has experience as well different kind but i think their experience their 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 unique experiences will serve them obviously well in this final match which i think is going to be just a tour de force of intergeekdom prowess that we haven't seen since the likes of a kalinowski cushing or a kalinowski smets one in at collision uh so um look the age of corruption is has never been better with Kalinowski and Chance now meeting in the Inner Geekdom Tournament Final. I mean, it's they are... And here's another thing. Uh, the managers that had the option of taking a Kalinowski or a Chance in the first round and opted not to and not, you know, uh, forcing Shannon to give up just everything to go get her boys back... Um, Y'all look real dumb right now. I don't care if it was a lost cause. They were never going to play for you. You should have made it hurt for Shannon to go yep. get them because look what they're doing. And not only are they playing in the tournament final for Intergeekdom and a right to play an Intergeekdom title match altogether, but they also have a shot at the team title. And singles tournament. And single tournament right around the corner. It's really, I mean, I mean they, they have the potential to, to take the number one spot. And the third right now, right? And look, yeah. And here's the other thing too. Like going into this draft uh, earlier this year, I would have had. I didn't rank them number one, if only because of all the hoopla around. Like they they won't play for anybody but Shannon. So I knocked them a little bit further down, um, and had Shazam at number one. Corruption is the true, was the true number one pick of the draft, and this is why, um, which is why you know. Sam Levine, Roxy Stryer, uh, Koi Jandrew. I think those were the ones ahead of him, or ahead of Shannon. Shannon. Should have taken Kalinowski or Chance. I mean, you would have gotten them both with whoever you picked, but... Um, and 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 hurt the rest of her roster. Um, because look, it, it, 
it could have affected her taking Laura Kelly. Maybe she doesn't even get Laura Kelly. Maybe you got Laura Kelly, and, you know, sure, we know what we know now, but you cannot say this was, those managers, it's, look, loyalty is a hell of a thing in the Schmodown, and it's, and it's, and it's clouding some judgments. And I look, I props to having loyalty, you know, Roxy and and, and um, the Odd Couple and Sam with Drew McQueenie and Andrew, Ga- you know, all of that. How's that turned out? You know, I get you know. And now we're moving to this more of a sport aspect. So these things are gonna come a little more magnified. But man, Chance and and Kalinowski, look. <laughs> Looking at the point total, we got to go to the faction standings here because yeah, this is huge implications. Corruption stands, I'm sorry, Finstock Exchange stands as of today at 29 points. After the fi- tournament final is played between Corruption, no matter what, they're going to end up with 27 points at the end of that match. Two behind What if Finstock. there's a knockout? Well, if there's a knockout, yeah. Then there's 28, 28. points. They're only down by one. To Finstock right. Exchange, and here comes a singles tournament. And look, Ethan Irwin, I'm sorry, yeah, well, Ethan Irwin, John Roca, so that's a match that Corruption's going to be behind, lagging in, an opportunity rather. Same thing with Ben Bateman, Damrell. They have these three other matches outside of the Intergeek tournament that they are going to need to win because. If John Roca loses to Ethan Irwin and then Ethan Irwin beats Dan Merle, bad news. If Ben Bateman loses to Andrew Guy, very bad news. Because yeah. here comes corruption now, and Finstock Exchange couldn't do anything to extend that lead before that here we go into the tournament. Those matches are hypercritical, not to mention just because belts are on the line or opportunities are on the line for belts. This is where things are going to get interesting, and it's going to be a two-faction race. I'm sorry about... I mean, SWAT could definitely make a run for it. I think the, Don, the Den is going to take It's going to take a miraculous run from the pride in the team's area to... Um, maybe, hey, something happens in the singles with, with Tom and Paul Preston and Silvestrini and James White, but corruption and Finstock Exchange are going to be neck and neck for the rest of the year, I think. And what if it comes down to that team title match between... Founding Fathers and Corruption. Whew. Whew. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is it's gonna so get do you good. think you think there's a real shot corruption could win the whole thing? Yes. Absolutely. Ah, and here's why. Coast. Here's why. I think Chance could definitely win the singles tournament. It's possible. He's always he, had bad first round matchups. He has. And he could eventually, sure, meet Bibiana. I think a lot of people, I think they're, they'll meet in the quarters. And in the semifinals, he'll have to, he'll meet either Merle or Roca, presumably, because they're like the, they're the top dog in that in that quad mm-hmm. up there. So yeah, he's got to go through some heavy hitters, no doubt about it. He's got a tough road, but I think he's proven that he can. He's capable of it. It's you know, it's going to be a th- you know, Bibiani is going to be. Tough if he meets Bibiani, and again, Mer- Merle or Roca is going to be a tough matchup. Um, if that's how it all plays out, if it all goes chalk, you know, so he could do it. And Kalinowski, you know, if he, he, I think he's in the, the toughest quadrant down there in the bottom right. I mean, you look, Paul Yama, Kalinowski, Snyder, Riley, um, 
all champions, right? I mean, that's going right. to be just a dogfight once you get down to the quarters and semis. So, but Corruption probably has the most realistic shot of overtaking Corruption, or over, overtaking Finstock Exchange. Swag, certainly, I mean, they have the Star Wars title match and Inner Geekdom opportunity, so they can certainly build points outside of the singles tournament and and, and make Finstock Exchange and Corruption sweat for sure. But I think ultimately it's going to come down to Corruption, Finstock Exchange, and man, what a story. What a story that's going to be for the rest of the year. It's going to be something to watch, man. Like these tournament files are going to be something to watch. Like the first round of the singles tournament is going to be. These pay-per-views are coming up. Oh, Lord, have mercy on our souls. <laughs> we got a lot of schmodown coming your way. It's about to be four matches a week coming pretty soon. You can't forget the pay-per-view events. Jericho versus Kevin Smith. All kinds of great stuff coming down the way. Frank Janish, is there anything else that we need to add to this miraculous and incredible broadcast? Go subscribe to the Trivia Schmodown Quick Clips channel. We're still trying to get to ten thousand. Um, I'll be I'll be real with you, Brad. It's um, it's not, not looking, looking good. good. Not looking good. Not looking good. But yeah, it's not looking good. But there's slowly great stuff. But surely. <laughs> slowly but surely, I think we'll get there. Uh, there's good stuff going up on that channel. Some of these promos are just ridiculous from from Nerd Chronic. Other great moments, you know. I put up uh, a Wildberries. The mild slash wildberries moment when they were playing Founding Fathers. Uh, if you don't remember that one, go to the channel, watch that. That's a really fun one. Uh, just, again, a lot of great stuff up there. And I'm also working on kind of like this little mini project uh, that I hope to to put on that channel. I'm not going to say anything more, but I think if it goes the way if the, I envision it, it's going to be pretty cool. So, again, subscribe to that channel and uh, do all that stuff. Uh, really appreciate it. Check me out on all social media at Brad Gilmore. By the time y'all are hearing this, I believe my episode with Chris Jericho on his podcast, Talk is Jericho, should be up. We're talking about all things Back to the Future for the 35th anniversary. That's pretty cool. And the Monday on the Hall of Fame with Booker T and myself, we have the Nature Boy, the two-time Hall of Famer, the 16-time world champion, Ric Flair, will be on the broadcast for an hour interview with Booker T and myself. So looking forward to that. But for Frank Janish, my name is Brad Gilmore. This is the Schmodown Rundown, and we will see you next week. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.